podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley battle line. Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Yo people, welcome back to another episode of the New Spurs Order. I'm your host for this week. I'm taking over hosting duties from from Owen. I, I forgot what Owen's NSO name is. NSO, what, 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 what is it? Expat, that's it. Sorry. Expat. I took over from Expat today, <laughs> so I'm on hosting duties this week. Um, I'm joined by two gentlemen. To my right, I've got Kevin Yash himself, what are you saying, man? Fresh shave as well. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. To, to, to be fair, this is like two days worth of growth from, from clean shaving. <laughs> it's pitiful. It's pitiful. You can see the dimple and all sorts. It's, it's, it's mad out here. But yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. You good, stood good. us up, though. But, but yeah, Sorry, man. Sorry, man. It gets busy. You know, you know how it gets. It gets busy. Yo, and I got my, I got my brother, my Ghanaian bro. Scott Hall himself, Mr. Stair President. What are you saying? Yo, I'm freaking calling from HQ, ain't it? Yeah, don't say too much, but man, I'm around, ain't it? <laughs> Listen, we appreciate you ducking out of HQ to record this, man. Um, it's, it's very late at the time of recording, but listen, content never sleeps and neither do we tonight. So we're going to have to give you this good stuff when it comes to Spurs. But lads... Let's just get straight into it, man. Let's obviously we played West Ham this week. Um, got a point away from home. Um, pr- the first point we've taken from West Ham in what three years? I think the last three, yeah, first point we've taken nasty like that. in three years. It actually makes me kind of sick to say it because they're not that type of team that they should have this sort of hold over us, but hey, whatever. Um, a point gained as opposed to zero points. Uh, Sai, how would you, if you had to sum up that game for someone who hadn't watched it, what would your verdict be? Much like the rest of the season, a game of two halves, uh, albeit flipped on his head. First half, we were very much in control. We looked pretty comfortable, to be honest. Uh, Horror tackle by Rice on Hoybier changed the game. Second half, they were pretty much all over us for large stretches, um, albeit with us still having a few chances here and there. But yeah, definitely a game of two halves. And for once, we started well in the first half. Uh, so that yeah. that would be my summary. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird because yeah, you're right. Normally, we're quite like slow, slow to come out and play. But um, I felt like we 
I know West Ham, obviously, their tactic was to try and sit deep and sort of um, put as many bodies as they can in the middle of the park. But I felt we played through that effectively in the first half. Um, probably some of the better type, the better brand of football that I've seen from us this season in possession anyway, um, since the Southampton game. But um, I felt, yeah, going into the break at half-time, one and up, I felt like it was worthy. It was worthy of our performance. It wasn't like it wasn't like we killed them with chances, but we did enough to be to be winning. And then the the performance in the second half just sort of deteriorated. Um, but yeah, well, I want to I want to come to you on this because obviously um, I'll talk about the mid. Let's talk about the midfield composition. Um, he went with Hoybier and Basuma. Now, what was your verdict on that midfield pairing um, over the course of the ninety minutes? I think um, I think there's a bit of a issue that we have in this squad, and to be honest with you, it's a bit of an issue that uh, Conte is creating himself. He's very much of the impression that Basuma is uh, Benton Cole's replacement, and therefore Hoisin would have. Say skip <laughs> as his replacement. I think I think sometimes Conte makes things a bit too rigid. There's there's a lack of flexibility in not only his formation but also the personnel that he chooses. Um, because I, I, I although we were in control for large parts of that first half, I didn't particularly like what I was watching. Um, but in saying that, we also didn't look like we were in any sort of danger. So he may have got that side right. But I, I just feel like after watching the majority of this team for five games, uh, there, there needs to definitely be changes soon um, to potentially freshen things up. You know, um, mm. I know that Skip is back in training. And uh, from what I've seen in the reports, Benton calls back in training. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, it it just I just feel like we've we've started the season with a two in the middle of the park, and a lot of the teams that we face have played three to <laughs> to combat our two. It's it's unfortunate that one of our two is a headless chicken. Um, that freaking <laughs> <laughs> that freaking. Is sponsored by the Vikings of freaking Denmark here. But if we had two very cultured centre mids, maybe I wouldn't be complaining so much. Maybe I wouldn't be so upset. Um, but unfortunately, we don't. Um, and we're getting we're getting overrun in the midfield. Luckily for us, we're quite organised and it hasn't come back to kill us. But we're pushing it. That's me. Interesting. Now, Sai, I want to ask you the same question as well, because I feel like it's going to be an ever-evolving sort of talking point in the season. Um, who should he, what's the best midfield pairing? Who should it be? Should we play a two? Should we play a three? So what's your what's your take on, first of all, the midfield pairing um, on that he played on Wednesday? And how do you feel about our midfield going forward this season? I actually feel like the balance the balance against West Ham was a lot better than it has been throughout the course of the rest of the season. Uh Hoybier and Benton sort of 
they don't really complement each other as well as you would hope. You look at the deep lie and classier of the of of the two in Bentoncourt, and you would say he should be the person bringing the ball out from the defense. He should be the person linking in tighter space. He should be the person getting the ball over the halfway line and to the forwards. He's not been doing that at all. Pretty much, pretty much from day one, he's not really done that. Um, he doesn't pass and move as frequently as he should, but Basuma was doing that. Basuma was directing Davis to get forward. So he had another outlet on the left-hand side. He was able to progress the ball through one or two touches, which, again, is something that we need. Uh, him and him and Hoybier stayed pretty close together, but they staggered their line, so they, they weren't just holding hands the whole time. So we always had an option to kick out wide to then get it infield to the guy that was further forward being Hoybier. So I feel, I feel like the balance was actually pretty damn good. Uh, we saw more underlapping runs by Davis, which is usually facilitated by the midfielder on that side actually linking play a bit um, mm -hmm. and also filling the position when, when he goes forward. Yeah, I was actually pretty impressed with, with, with the balance. I, I have to reiterate, after, after, the, after the challenge by Rice, obviously, Hoybier's mobility, which is already an issue. He's not the most mobile guy at yeah. the best of times. But when, when you're carrying a knock, mobility being an issue, you, you sort of hamstrung uh, Bissouma to basically just jockey and protect him. And I feel like that that's that's where we started to lose control of the game. We saw, particularly in the second half, West Ham just pressed us until we shifted the ball out to the right-hand side and then became even more aggressive to, to force mistakes for Sanchez. That doesn't happen if you have a staggered line in midfield, if you have someone who's able to collect the ball from deep, shift the ball forward to somebody who's further up the pitch. If they recess towards the 18-yard box and just sit in, naturally, the whole team ends up sitting in. And yeah. we, we've been saying all season that we can't play out in those situations. So, yeah, man, I feel like I feel like more, more than anything, the balance was okay. The injury just fucked us, though. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, I do think the injury was definitely a turning point. Um, I'm not going to use it to excuse some of the performances that that we saw from our team in the second half, but I, I do think it definitely made an impact on how on the ebb and flow of our performance because. For for me, for all intents and purposes, Hoybier was actually one of the most impressive performers in the first half for me. I felt like when he came to collect the ball, he was good at getting that ball into um, his options ahead of him, be it Harry Kane, be it the left wing back in Perisic, etc., etc. I felt whether he was spreading it to the right-hand side, I felt like he was doing his job in possession. Um, I felt Basuma was a bit nervous in the first half. I did see him... Um, make some sort of baggy touches at times, This uh, misplaced passes here and there. It, it felt like a very, very nervous and underwhelming first half. But second half, I know the team performance wasn't good, but I do think his individual performance, in my opinion, improved. Like you said, um, when he started sort of directing people where to go, when he started passing, moving, passing, moving, I felt like you could see you could see more of what Basuma was about in, in, in the second half. And 
that was encouraging. That was encouraging. Um, and I think Conte alluded to that in his press conference that, like, yeah, he's a bit behind um, Hoybier and Benton Core, not in terms of quality, but they've just played more. They just they just played more games than than Basuma. So he, he needs to sort of get himself into a rhythm before we can see like the best of him. But we we know what he's about anyway. But anyway, um, let's talk about the. Let's talk about the two parts of our team that, for all intents and purposes, have actually been sort of our success and failure this season. So it's our defence and our attack. Because five games in, two clean sheets, I think four goals conceded. So that's the joint second least most goals conceded in the league so far. Plus six goal difference, scoring in every game, etc., etc. How would you rate our defence (laughs) <laughs> on Wednesday, yeah, because Sai spoke about the 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 impact that West Ham's tactics had on us in the second half, and a big a big casualty of that was our defense. Like it, it, they really suffered in the second half, and it wasn't even suffering by sort of shots being peppered at them. It was suffering because <laughs> they were receiving the ball and they were being pressed, and they didn't know what to do with it. So. Yeah, talk to me about that defence, man. Talk to me about that defence. It's not a ball-playing defence. Never has been. Yeah? I mean, Dyer's all right, you know, when he tries. Davis has a... He's had a long career. When... when, <laughs> when... <laughs> What does that mean? Like, what does it mean? Don't laugh. I'll be deadly serious. Yeah. <laughs> but when, when there's no fella, when there's no cootie, in your in your back line, bro. It's it's long, bro. It's it's a headache. Yeah, let me tell you this now. I right, Davison Sanchez, yeah. Listen. I honestly think this guy, his touch is so baggy, yeah, that I'm dead sure he wakes up and just his pillow falls out of his bed. Cause 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 everything he touches is just baggy. When he touches his duvet, the duvet flies off. When he gives his wife a hug, she falls down. When he goes to spot his baby, the baby discombobulates. Everything, the touch is baggy everywhere, bro. It's a mess. I don't. Like, Who's got a baggy touch? Me or Sanchez? Yeah, uh, definitely Sanchez, you. Bro. <laughs> 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 we saw the footy golf. We saw. Oh, no, no, we saw bro. Molly, we saw it all, man. Oh, shit, no, bro. You so know what? Sanchez yeah. almost had a bicycle. He did. He did, didn't he? He's moving mad. You see, this, this is the maddest thing about our, our team here and the way Conte set it up. This is going to sound nuts here. But the way Conte set it up here, like, we're hard to actually like beat. Like, we're, we're hard to actually beat. But it's not pretty. This is the problem. Yeah, it's not... Back in the day, we had Toby... And Jan, yeah. So when we were hard to beat, it looked easy. It looked pretty. You know, Jan would get on the ball, find a man with a nice inside pass, turn, and we're off again. Bruv, we get the ball at the back, yeah. Dyer goes to Davis. Davis does a little start step. Goes back to to Dyer. Dyer's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll go out wait to Sanchez. Sanchez brings it back to Dyer. Dyer goes back to Davis. Davis goes to Hugo. It's a mess. Like, no, everyone's shook. Do you know? Everyone's do you know what? Shook. That that last point. That mo- last point is the most prevalent, though. I don't. I don't think Davis is actually a bad ball player. 
I just he's think he's he's just not willing to take a risk. If, yeah, if the ball's not immediately on, he's not taking it. And it, they're all shook. It can't run, bruv. Like, and and that's why we invite pressure. That's le- legitimately why we because none none no none of them, not not one of them trust themselves to beat the press. So because they can't beat the press, they've got to pass out of the press. And they don't trust themselves to pass out the press. <laughs> so it's just hella pressure. And then we end up giving the ball to a guy that's been fighting soberism for like decades, bro. Like this is this is hey, listen, we can't continue like this because we, we might hold a real ugly one, but at the same time, the defense has actually been good. Not pretty, but functional. Mm. I think I think that's the biggest distinction to make because you, you you get a lot of people that, and in some respects, rightly so, you wouldn't go into a season and have those three as your starters, right? But we've already seen how different the complexion of the team looks when Romero is in the team. The balance is right. Davis is a little bit more energized. He he knows that he's an outlet because we're going to funnel the ball down the right-hand side as much as possible so he can get forward. He'll be in more space. He's not as close to goal, so he can be a bit more expressive. Dyer knows that he has somebody who, if he fires it out feet, is going to control it. We also have someone who can direct uh, Emerson to actually be in a little bit more adventurous as well. The issue is, is obviously, when you have someone like Sanchez come in, who is limited, but has also been playing pretty well defensively. It's not made yes. any glaring, glaring mistakes. He's been robust in the challenge. He's made a couple last-ditch blocks, all sorts. Just not good with the ball at feet. And I think a large part of it is down to confidence. Fans don't fill him with any confidence, that's for sure. But also there are limitations in the player himself. So mm. as, 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 as much as it's not ideal, I feel like in, in an ideal world, yeah, we have two players on our right-hand side who are competent with the ball at feet. But as a as a stopgap option, he's not that bad, especially if we are hard to beat. I'd rather not lose games than be really expansive and get slapped 2-1. Like, I, I'd, I'd prefer that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. But I think with my thing with Sanchez and, and Everson is that, like... It's not even that, like, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're not good on the ball. But You can't have them both. Yeah, you, you you can't. Ideally, you want both, or you can't have both. But the thing, the thing that I don't get is we're playing in a system where the ball playing is, is quite important. And it almost feels kind of harsh that you're highlighting, like I say yours, and we, as Spurs fans, highlighting Sanchez and Emerson, because you're right for... Defensively, they've actually done their job. Like I keep saying it, Ben Rama, when I've watched West Ham, has been West Ham's most dangerous player. Did anyone even get any sort of whiff of Ben Rama in the game yesterday? No. Emerson didn't give him any change whatsoever. He he got handled. Sanchez defensively has done his job. Like these guys are doing what they're being asked to do defensively. But the problem is when we play the way we want to play, the way that we are being coached to play under Conte with the ball at our feet, for me, they're just too big a liability. They are, they they are, they are. And I think it massively impacts the way we play. It massively impacts the way we play. And I'm not putting it all on them because we're going to talk about the attack in a second. But when we're looking at the defence, 
they incite panic. They incite chaos, in my opinion, when the balls are their feet. And that's not good. That's not good for the back line. Those those two guys on that on the same side, it doesn't work. Like it just doesn't work. That 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 for me is more concerning than, than anything else. I think if you had someone like Doherty on that right hand side with Sanchez, I don't think it looks as bad. In in and that's the God's honest truth. I'm not a fan of that guy. Matt Matt Doherty is not my type of player, but you know that he can play a pass infield and he's comfortable yeah. to do it. You know he can play a a ball down the line and he's comfortable to do it. You know he can play a one-two. You know he can do these things and you don't worry when he's on the ball. Emerson, different different kettle of fish. Anytime he touches the ball, unless unless it's far up the pitch, you don't want him on it at all. No. Any in, in all my years of watching football, I have never, never in my life thought I would ever see a Colombian and a Brazilian on the same side, and both of them stink. <laughs> it don't make sense. And we're talking attacking ways. Yeah, <laughs> think of think of every Colombian. Pablo Escobar probably can attack better than these men. Yeah, <laughs> like it don't make sense that ma- you're from Colombia and Brazil, two yeah. nations known for for qualities. I'm not allowed to say on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what another time. That's what another time. That's what another time. But yeah, these man can't attack. Yeah, it's frightening. When when did these two countries become defensive leagues? I swear. No, you need to be banned. That's what. Touchline off the dark. Honestly, bro. But no, you're. I think you're. You're right. Yeah, it's it's actually scary how how poor they are as a duo uh, on that side, and I think it's definitely something that Conte needs to rectify because the window's closed now. Moaning is not going to change anything. And yes, I say this, and I will moan in a week's time or whatever. But they're here, and I think Conte knows that they can't play together. So, like you suggested, Sai. In these games where Romero is not an option, yeah, and he doesn't have the faith yet to play Spence, we need to see a different makeup. You can't play the two together. At least give us one player who is at the at the very least competent on the ball. It has no, to that's be. Ball. It's, he's it's got going to be Lucas. Watch. He's, he's <laughs> it's going to be Lucas. No, I'm telling you. No, no, that's cool. You know, you know my problem. Oh, it's not cool, y'all. It's not cool. It's no, the no, Benicio it's angle again. Oh, no, no, because because my whole thing is here, like. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Yeah, I'm like three games away from punching up Conte. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not with. No, I'm, I'm not with none of this. Yeah, because what, what's going on? Like, I saw Spence do small little training. He, he freaking dubstep man put it bottom corner. I'm like, all right, cool. He's a raw product. Let man play, bro. Yeah, we've seen we've seen Emma's you freaking play for like half a season. The guy's ass. He can't attack. He can't cross. We there was a training session just for man to learn how to cross. A professional being taught how to cross. You're taking the bloody Michael. Nah, he needs to actually get out of his horse and freaking play Spence. If I see Lucas, listen, bruv, I'm at the game tomorrow, and if I see Lucas, it's going to be bloody Mary. Like he's I'm injured. Good. He's injured I'm at the minute. Good. That's why he's not made the bench. Good, you know, good, good. Let me not say that. Let me, it's not thank God he's injured, but thank God he's not 
he's not playing. No, it's thank God, bro. He, he, he believes in Jesus, so you'll be fine. <laughs> but listen, I think I think even a blind man can see what the issues were uh, in defence. But let's actually talk about the attack because I, I'm looking at this team now and everyone knows that the attack needs to function for this system to thrive. And we have to be real. We have to be real. Like, this attack has not fully functioned throughout the season. Yeah, I think because Kulisevsky... of one pussy, Say his name. <laughs> We're going to get to it. I think Kulisevsky... For me, it's, it's crazy. Kane has scored four in five, but Kulisevsky, for me, has been the best attacker this season. 100%. The best attacker by a country, by a country mile. So, not even close. So, yeah, guys, talk to me about the attack. I'll, uh, si, I'll start with you. Um, Sun, Kane, what's your thoughts? Sun, Sun has either been overworked during preseason, the combination of Conte and his dad making him doing one finger push ups. <laughs> can't be good for the can't be good for the ligaments and the joints and that. You're not world class. Do ten thousand press ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just stop smiling, motherfucker. <laughs> Why'd you shoot so many times during the season? <laughs> it's, it's it's mental. Like he looks so bereft of confidence that it's like. Just sit him. Just sit him. Last time I was on, I predicted by following me will get dropped. Watch his space. Tomorrow, Richarlison will start. Like, I understand why Conte has sort of uh, instilled that faith because with Sun, it could just all click into place. One one goal, one good, amazing run. He usually turns around his form. That, that's usually the pattern of play for him. Yeah. But at the same time, we can't really afford to have any anybody who is a net negative on the pitch. And that header, that header into his path being so overweight, like, nah. We, you know we, how we it has to be to do that? Say that again. <laughs> Bro, do you know the, the size of your cranium to head the ball <laughs> 50 yards? He tapped it and it went 50 blood fire yards forward. It was mad. It was nuts. Mad. It's nuts. And, and, and usually that's bread and button for him. To, to be it. fair, though, the, the ball from Kane wasn't all that. Like, it wasn't it was in his but, but, right, right. but, you that, know, that guy's a mocking. Normally, normally, Sun can run on, Sun can run onto it and instead of heading it. But you're, you're, you're right. It wasn't, it wasn't inch perfect. And again, we'll talk on Kane in a second, but I feel like there, that's his meat and drink. He runs onto that and, yeah. he, and he at least works the goalkeeper at the very least. Um, so, you know what it is with Sun? It's mad. I, I should. I feel like I should be more worried, but at the same time, I feel like I shouldn't be because we've seen this with Sun before. All it takes it's is never one. Never been this bad though. This, you this is this, he had parts last season. That that period last season before he started hitting form, he was bad. He was really bad. He does. I feel like he does this. And you know what it is with Sun? Yeah, it's like when he plays bad. He can't just be like a four or five out of ten. He legitimately has to be like a two or three out of ten. And I don't understand why. It's because there's not that many wrinkles to his game. He's not good in build-up. Yep. He can't play with his back to goal at all. Yep. He, he can't pass over five yards. Correct. Like, And I don't think his movement is that good to just be an off-the-shoulder guy. You need, you need something else. And he's like, not world-class. He's he's never been world class. We we see, need that. See, he's, like a world that. Class, hey, he's a world class. He's a world class ball striker. That's it. Yeah. Hey, 
I spin this poop. Scrap, scrap. I just see something, bro. Listen, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something here about that fancy old name, son. Hey, hey, watch your mouth. That's 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 our current. That's the current golden boot winner. Yeah? That's a that's a golden boot of pussy, old bro. Listen, yeah. <laughs> I need to understand, yeah, how you can give us five games and stink in all five. Yeah, and I know everyone's gonna be. Oh no, but he was all right against Southampton, big man. Go rewatch that game. No, no, he was crushed. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah, he crushed. He insists, though. He insists. Numbers on the board. I don't yeah. care, but no, <laughs> don't hear numbers, bro. Don't don't give me numbers. That's what Kane does. Kane, Kane does numbers, yeah, to, to keep man quiet. He's like, yeah, 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 I stunk, but I gave you man two goals in it. Scrap. Like he does, he does all of them nonsense. I got time for that, bro. Cut that. Yeah, listen. I'm not even a big fan of Richardson. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I don't actually rate him like that. Yeah, but, mm. and this is a big but, yeah, every game that he's come in on, he's impressed me. Like, he's come on, energy, like, he's, he's trying to get parts in the game. I think it was against, who is it at home? That we won 1-0. Wolves. Wolves. Came on. I was like, oh, he ain't, he ain't going to take on his man. Then, boom, took on his man. And he was off. Obviously, the finishing was disgustingly poor. Yeah, but that's for another day and another story. But I like that. That he and he's he's got this little little edge to him. He's like, yo, man, want to chat crap about me? I got bars for you in it. Yeah, and mm. I like that. Yeah, no, no more, Mister Nice Guy, freaking doing interview with Gary Neville saying, "I want to be an NFL player, bro." You know who you are, Mook. <laughs> I wonder yeah. who you can be talking about. Uh, I wonder who you can be talking there's about. There's only one Mook in this club, bro. Yeah, <laughs> his name is Harry. Yeah, and it's not Winkle. Listen, all I'm saying is this: year, the baddest thing we did, or the worst thing we did, this transfer window, is not get a second forward that could bench or potentially bench both. Son and Mook, because one of them has to start. It's inevitable. Just by like the the lineup that we have, one of them has to start. Yeah. Yeah. And in fairness, Kane's got four goals. Yeah. It hasn't looked great. Hasn't looked pretty. But he scored, and he scored some important goals. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas Son has stunk up the place for five consecutive games, easily. Yeah. So next game. Fulham tomorrow, he should be dropped. Yeah, but there should be that fear in our strikers that raw. You know what? If I'm not stepping it up, I could be riding this bench for a few games, and it could mm -hmm. be I don't get back into this team to the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup. And no, no top professional that wants to be at the the height of their their game wants to be riding the bench. Look at Ronaldo. You know what it is though? I think with with that though. Getting getting two players in one window that can genuinely provide competition for Son and, and, and Kane, that's a lot of change. That's a lot of change, personally. And I feel like Richarlison, I think he can he can cover both, but he can cover both um both uh positions. And to be honest, I want one of Son or Kane on the pitch as much as possible because they will eventually start playing well. And we all know what happens when they play well. When they play well, the rest is history. It's just... I feel like Son, Son, Son doesn't really complement the other guys that we have, though. If you had Richarlison and Son, yes, I, don't think, I don't think that dynamic works as well as Kane, Richarlison and Kulu. You get what I mean? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. When that, naturally, Kane is, for all intents and purposes, our best player, 
vice captain, he's gonna be the last person to get rotated. Yeah, like, yeah, and that, that's fine. I can live with that. But like, we've got we we're in a decent enough position where, bro, I'm honest with you, like just just drop my man on the left to the bench, just drop him completely, and let let Richie get a few run of games because what Richie would do on the left, it might not look as nice. That's what Kulu does on the right. Yeah, but it's similar. Like, he won't hesitate to take on man. He won't hesitate to be very direct. And that's what Kulu does. Kulu is very direct. Like, I don't think people really notice how direct he is. He's very direct. He turns and he makes a beeline towards the opponent's goal. And it's nice to have that on the opposite side. Whereas Son, in his current pump, you know, get the ball and pass it back. Get the ball, pass it to the middle. Get the ball. Pass it back. Jesus Christ, man. Take on your man. It's all I hear it. I hear it. Listen, now, our dynamic duo are not functioning, but, boy, they're going to hit form soon. They're going to hit form soon. They're going to come as soon as uh, Kane starts actually playing in build-up as well, though. This motherfucker with the Hollywood balls. Oh, yeah, yeah. He needs to chill. He needs to chill, man. Jesus. The average... I'm I'm pretty sure that the average length for pass has to be over 20 yards for this motherfucker. <laughs> like ridiculous, bro. It's, it's ridiculous. It's he not. he literally he turns away from the easy pass to play the diagonal. Yeah, Man. I don't understand it. We know, brother, we know you got it in your locker. You don't have to do it every single because time. Because he is guy, bro. stupid, bro. Some you know what I think. Hey, hey, I hey, think... that's Harry Kane MBE. Watch your mouth. He no, is not that, stupid. That is Harry Kane until I see armpits. When I see armpits and silverware, yeah, then man can get his name. As I told you, that's a mook until I see armpits. If I don't see hair, yeah, with silver above it, bruv, big man, keep it over there, yeah? Listen to what I'm saying. Yeah? Because right. I, I remember know, the I know, last season, you said you're taking him from this to this as well. You said you, took, you said you changed his name from Mook. After the NLD, you said something about t- taking Mook off his name. So what's Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I took Mook off his name and gave him Harry, but then he just returned back to Mook at preseason, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nasty. You're a nasty guy anyway. But listen, um, before we talk on Fulham, let's actually talk about the window because those two live under a rock. The transfer window closed officially. Um, yesterday evening, so yesterday being uh, the 1st of September. Um, guys, I know we went through the exercise of rating the window by six different categories. So I believe the first category was business timing. Uh, the second category was uh, squad depth, I think. Was it squad depth? Yeah, let me pull it up. Let me get it up. Mm. Let's see. Let's see. Squad. Yeah, so business. Yes, so I got it up now. So business timing, second category was key problems. Third category, squad depth. Fourth category, starting 11. Um, fifth category, outgoings. And the sixth and final category, value for money. So, Sai, you may as well kick things off then. So, what was your rating across the six and what was your explanation behind your each individual rating? Let me see if I can pull it up quickly. All right. So for business timing, I gave you an eight. The mm-hmm. majority of our business was done early. They got a preseason. That's what Conte said he wanted. 
that's the earliest I can remember us getting business done. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, if we got two more signings at any stage in the window, I would have maintained that score. Um, addressing key problems, I gave it a six. I felt like we needed we needed a right wing back. Mm. Uh, that that for me was the biggest source of concern, and I did really really badly want somebody to take over the starting spot on that left centre back spot um, yeah. more than anything else in the window. Uh, squad depth, I gave it a seven because across across the squad, Bergwijn got upgraded, Harry Winks got upgraded, uh, Galini got up, upgraded, and we upgraded by actually having some sort of depth at left centre back. Yeah, that to me is 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 the strongest part of the window. Improving starting eleven was six. I mean that that speaks for itself. Only two men can really go into the starting lineup. Yeah, outgoings a seven. It would have been a 10 had we actually got some fucking value for the players, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. And then value for money of five because 60 M's on Richarlison is fucking weird, bro. 60 mil would have got you a marquee centre-back. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Or at least 10 million more. 70 mil. 70 mil gets you gets you a top-class centre-back. So it averaged out as 6.5. Um, so yeah, man. 6.5 out of 10 window for me. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. And Yao, I've just put your ratings in the comments, but um, talk me through your talk me through your ratings and, and yeah, just your overarching score. Yeah, so business timings, I gave it a seven, uh, similar to Sai. Uh, we got a lot of business done early, uh, which is a first, not common for us. Uh, so I gave it a seven out of 10. Um, addressing key problems, I gave it a five because uh, I felt like missing out on those uh, two uh, key areas were what they were very serious to me, you know. Um, and I don't feel like we fully addressed them, um, but we obviously see how the season develops. Uh, squad depth, I gave it a seven again. Um, the bench for me has improved slightly. You know, from what we had last season, um, which was key. Starting eleven, I gave it a six, uh, similar to what Sai said. I believe there's three men that can come into the team uh, and start an eleven in Richie, Basuma, and Perisic. Uh, but we're only seeing two so far in Basuma and Perisic. Um, outgoings, I gave it an eight. Um, seven of that was because Winks left. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been oh, higher if it was a if it was a permanent transfer. I'd have given it a nine out of ten if that guy got out of the club. Seriously, yeah, like <laughs> that guy's poo, bro. Um, but I feel like, funnily enough, I feel like the outgoings needed to be loans to kind of get the value up of those individuals that are out um, of the club right now. Because I don't think we would have got what we want or top dollar for any of them. Um, on the basis of what they've delivered over the last season and a half, because they've all absolutely been um, pooped. So a lot of them, from what I remember, is loan without an option to buy, which hopefully doesn't come back to bite us. I hope that they actually have a good loan period, come back uh, and get kicked right out of the club for maximum value, because uh, that would be fantastic. And the final thing was uh, value for money. It's five. Because we barely got anything. Deli Ali's gone to Besiktas 
we missed out on peace there. <laughs> like, like we're getting, we're getting squandered, like left, right, and center. But it's fine. I don't really care because these men are at the club. But I read something today that apparently, you know, there's gonna be some sort of like spending cap coming into the league that will that will affect how much clubs can spend and their wage structures. Now, I don't know if that's gonna help us. If that's going to benefit a team like us, in theory, it should. Uh, but in truth, I, I don't really think it will. Uh, I think next summer and this January coming are two massive windows. In fact, I think this January might as well be the biggest window of them all, especially coming off the back end of the World Cup. Um, we're going to need some reinforcements. I, I feel like we're going to need at least four players in January. Four? Uh, who, who, nah. Yeah. Who they are, I couldn't tell you. And I don't think we'll even get the four. But I'm saying, for the remainder of the season, with the amount of games that we're playing before the start of this World Cup um, and the amount of games we're likely to play towards the back end of the season, we need bodies, man. Because I don't think Skip is going to make it through another six months without breaking his toe. And, and you know, Hoisin is just, is just sauce like you put on a duck. <laughs> leave, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Yeah. So all in all, yours came up to an average. Yours came up to average of six point three, 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 three. So lower end of six. So I think everyone is pretty much in the same wavelength in terms of like their overall their overall score. Um, my, my brother, pardon? <laughs> we got to ask. We can't we can't just let you throw it off the backboard for yourself. Like that, that's not how okay. we do things. <laughs> <laughs> ask me again. Ask me again. Bye. What did you score the window, Mister Goldberg? Come, come. So, um, I initially had business timing at uh, eight, but I've dropped that down to a seven. Um, and my reasoning for that is, I do think we were really good um, in getting the players in early, like getting six players in before we kicked off our preseason tours was really good and probably unprecedented when it comes to Spurs, as long as I've been a fan. Um, but then the reason why I demoted it down is because I feel like since then, we had like a gap between pre-season up until the end of the transfer window where you just needed, what, one, two more players to sort of give us that extra bit of confidence. And it felt as if they had a, a massive amount of time to get the work done, yet towards the end of the window, we're seeing panic bids for, for Dan James. We're seeing loans for Tanganga, um, Saar, Gill that have been cancelled because the club have failed to get their targets, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe I'm being a bit too critical, but I felt like that was kind of, that kind of sort of affected my score on the business timing. Um, key problems, I would say a six for similar reasons that you lot have given. Left wing back was addressed. Midfield was addressed. Um, attacking options outside of the front three was addressed, but left centre back was not addressed. Right centre back is still so and so. We don't know how Spence is going to be this season. We don't even know if how many appearances he's going to make for Conte. Um, squad depth, I gave it a six because I do think we've improved our team by quite a bit, but. There were still there's still gaps in this side that can hamper us as we're seeing right wing back, right centre back, um, and I feel like weirdly enough, I, it wasn't even in my head at the time, but 
seeing how much game time Kulu's getting with the amount of football that we're playing, we need a contingency plan for him. And I don't think we have a like-for-like like off the bench. Um, I would like to see Brian Hill there, but to be honest, I don't think Antonio Conte is going to give him give him a sniff. Um, starting next side, I gave it a six. Basuma and Perisic, the obvious candidates that go straight in. And I think Spence, with game time, I feel like he can challenge he can he can sort of oust whoever's ahead of him and be a starter. Um, but I feel like I wanted at least one more guaranteed starter, especially in that centre-back role. We didn't get that. Um, outgoings, similar reasons to you guys. I gave it a six. Actually, I changed it to 6.5, to be honest, because we did really well to get rid of all the players that Conte didn't want in this squad. Um, Name them. Winks, Endom, Regulon... Uh, actually, to be fair, he won Bergman, didn't he? Um, Joe Rodon around the club, though. Joe Rodon. <laughs> I wonder why you say that. <laughs> Too sweet. <laughs> but yeah, I think around like five or six players were were moved on this summer, um, and there should have been there should have been more. To be honest, I think the only. The only um, damper on that is, uh, like, we didn't really get a lot of money for the ones that did leave. But I'm also, like, I'm also um, quite aware of the fact that most teams in Europe are broke. Like, outside of the Premier League, they're broke. And they really can't afford to, to, to even pay us the chump change that we're asking for for some of these players, case in point being Villarreal. But I do think the good thing about some of these loans winks aside because I don't think he wants to stay in Italy is that I can see the clubs that these guys are at buying them if they actually have a good loan spell like I could see Napoli buying Ndombele for 30 million euro I don't think that's too much to ask for for like a 25 going 26 year old Ndom if he has a really good season I can see Villarreal coming back in next summer and buying the Celso on a permanent deal um so yeah and then the last point um one second uh, last point value for money. I gave it a five out of ten. I love Richie, but I feel like we paid around 10 mil too much. Although I do think by the market standards, because the market is effed up, Everton were well within their rights to ask for 60 million for Richarlison. Um, of course, we got Perisic on a free, which was great. Got Spence on a free, you know, 12.5 million, which was great, <clears throat> but. Um, the outgoings as well, just not really getting enough P's for those players as well sort of affected my score. So all in all, I think I averaged out at like 6.1, 6, just 6.1, 6.2. So similar. Fell, 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 fell from uh, the seven that Jack was giving you stick for. for Yeah, man. Down window, man. <laughs> you know what it, you know what it is? I was, because I was like, yeah, like... I gave it that rating because I just thought, yeah, you know what? Some of these players that I've had to sort of take the L on, like Lengley, for instance, I did not think that I would be asking for Lengley to, to come into this team and start now because I expected Spurs to sign another centre-back. Now I'm like, Lengley, for all intents and purposes, is the depth at centre-back and left centre-back. And I'm like, I thought I thought he was meant to be a backup option, but... Yeah, I think that whole Dan James stuff, it left a, it actually left a nasty taste in my mouth. I can't lie. Like, I was livid 
absolutely livid and disgusted at that chase. I had to, I had to demote just for that, just for going for Dan James. <laughs> you don't respect us. You don't respect us at all. So yeah, yeah, horrible. Thank God he signed for Fulham. Um, but yeah, guys, a lot of Spurs fans crying about the window. I'm seeing some freeze out and I'm seeing some people panicking about the season. Say, si, I'll go to you on this before we talk on Fulham. Like, what is? Yeah, let me let me rephrase the question. Has your expectation changed um, with this team? Not one bit. Not one bit. The fact of the matter is, is there's there's more components that go into building a team than transfers, right? And continuity is one of the big ones, right? Having what was it, six, seven months with Conte last season, served as a bit of a foundation builder to where mm-hmm. the players that are starting now know the system. They might not have the quality to execute the system to peak performance, but they know it well enough to be robust, to score enough goals to win, and ultimately to give us a baseline that we can always fall back on, right? So... Yes, I was looking for a marquee left centre-back because I felt like that was the position for us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you bring someone in who does have at least some of the qualities that you need to play Conte's system. So it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah. We didn't get a right wing-back that's a certified star. Cool. But Emerson has shown notable improvements to where he's not a total liability on both ends of the, both ends of the pitch. Basuma's an upgrade. Perisic is an upgrade. Richarlison gives an upgrade of of goal scoring, uh, explosiveness, a little bit of energy. Well, a lot of energy that we weren't getting from Bergwijn or because Bergwijn wasn't playing anyway. So, for me, we've addressed we've addressed enough in the window, coupled with the fact that we've had continuity with Conte, and that the players that have been brought in are of the profile that he looks for. Top three should be the aim. It should still be the aim. Like we're gonna we're gonna be relying on Liverpool falling off a little bit for it to be a close top three finish in terms of not being miles ahead of the top two. We're also gonna be relying on Chelsea to to bottom out a little bit or Arsenal to do what they did last season. That's how the cookie crumbles. Ultimately, like all we can do is address our issues. All we can do is perform in our games and see what happens. And I feel like we have enough to expect that a top three finish and a good cup run, if not a cup win, is on the cards. Why not? I agree. I actually agree. I don't think it's changed my objectives at all. Uh, made them slightly harder, but still achievable with it, with, with this manager. Uh, Yao, what is your verdict? So the question I asked Sai was, now the window's ended, um, the business we've done, the business we haven't done, has that changed your perception um, of our expectations for the season? Nope. It should be... Uh, maybe top three might be a bit too tight, but definitely top four. We should be getting back into the Champions League uh, next season, by this time next season. And um, we should be aiming for a trophy. But I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Conte needs to shut his mouth and get the job done, bruv. Yeah, he's talking too much. <laughs> He's he's doing he's doing all of this there 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 to share the distances like from here to Milton Keats. Shut up, bro. Yeah, we don't need you talking too much. Train these guys 
freaking get the job done. I, I don't understand why man's telling us about distance. Did we did we care about the damn distance? We know what City are about. We know what City have been doing for five seasons. They've racked up like 90 points each and every bloody year. Yeah, so that's nothing new. You get the freaking job done to get us back in the Champions League again next season and hopefully get a trophy. But just don't tell these players that we're playing in a final every single game because they don't turn up for those. Don't be like that. Don't be like that, yeah. There's no need for that. <laughs> don't be like that. Don't be like that. But, um, yeah, nah, I think there was a lot of... You know what it is? Like, Conte... You would think by now our fan base were used to Conte's press conferences because he does this shit all the time. Like, he'll do a press conference where people are clear. It's not like he's just saying these things randomly. They're, they're asking him questions. They're prompt. People are asking him questions about certain points. He gives his answer to certain points. People read the quotes and they're like, oh my God, Conte said X, Y, Z. I'm like, bruv, come on. You've been yeah. through this a million times now. Come on. This did... <sighs> You know what? Any any transcribed interviews just shows that the collective like comprehension levels of football fans across the country is in the pits. Remember when Pochettino said the only trophies that are really worth anything that move the needle for a club are the Champions League and Premier League, and mm. everybody lost their shit. It's like, I right, do your Googles. Just look at how those trophies change the trajectory of clubs. The players you get are better. The amount of money you get is more. Nobody, nobody cares cares about the FA Cup when they want to sign for a club. Nobody cares. So it wasn't a surprise. So again, I, I say that to say, like Conte saying, "Oh, we're miles off the top teams. The top teams are Liverpool and City." Nobody in their right mind would disagree with the fact that their squads have higher quality level and a lot more depth than we do, and have less weaknesses. Right, yeah. City, City are like out of this world. Liverpool are very, very good. Everybody else is just sort of shuffling within that pack and are more reliant on their manager getting the best out of pieces than they are on sheer quality across the squad. What he said is spot on. Like, just get over it. It's like, if you don't want your managers to speak, stop romanticising all the managers of yesteryear who just said, oh yeah, we want to play pretty football and win fuck all. Like, I'm not with that shit, man. Like, he gave a realistic answer. I'm cool with it. Mm, I hear you. I think I didn't have an issue with the majority of his 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 conference. The only thing that I didn't really like was the stuff he says about Spence. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why Spence is the full guy, and I know he's not. He's not saying it to sort of like chastise Spence. But why does Spence have to be the example of oh? Spurs prospect, etc., etc. Brother, just play him, play him. I don't care if he's not the guy you wanted, etc., etc. You can't be telling me about preferences when I'm seeing Emerson Royale playing week in week out. I know I'm not saying Emerson Royale is dead as a defender. I'm saying he is a dead footballer. He can't control his ball. <laughs> he can't dribble with the ball. He can't cross the ball. He can't shoot the ball. He can't pass the ball. He is not a footballer. He's a robot. He's actually not a footballer. So with all due respect, Conte needs to hold it with that one and just start playing Spence. Don't tell me about no prospect nonsense because they're literally like a year and three, four months apart. Literally a year and three, four months apart. So don't talk to me about no prospect type, man. Just play him. Con just Conte play him. Likes, likes crap players anyway. You know, that's why he plays Hoisin. That's why he plays Emerson. 
That's why he tried to get Dan James. He likes crap players, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's why he's all, every press conference. Oh, you know, oh, Pierre, Pierre, you know, he gives energy. Oh, my friend, <laughs> shut up, bro. Yeah, energy, what, bro? What is it? Always comes back to this, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Always, always comes back to Hoybier. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This guy, we could be talking about anything and he'll bring it back to Hoybier. <laughs> Cause that guy's ass. He needs to get <laughs> what like like what I did with Winks. Yeah, he's he's my he's my next target. <laughs> this guy has to go, bro. Yeah, I'll get him out. <laughs> I'll get him out of this club. I promise you, I will. I told you, I'll get Winks out. I got him. Out I will here. win. I, I won this season. This I'm gonna win next season. Watch. What impossible? <laughs> impossible. <laughs> but guys, um, before we wrap up, we've actually got to talk about the impending game we have to play. Three p.m. kickoff. I'm getting used to these 3 p.m. kickoffs nowadays, you know. We, we, it's we nice for a change. Few, far and few in between last last season or the last couple of seasons, to be honest. Um, we play Fulham at home. Um, not quite 12.30 kickoff, which is good because I feel like we are very, very sluggish um, when we get the early morning kickoffs. So 3 p.m., sweet spot. Um, what are you guys expecting tomorrow in terms of both the lineups and the performance. I'll, I'll start with you, Sai. Fulham, Fulham's pressing against Liverpool shocked the shit out of me, in all honesty. I've never seen a team stick it on Liverpool like that. And if they do that against us, there's yeah. either there's one of, one of two outcomes. We either hit them on the counter and just absolutely destroy them, or it becomes like a real scrappy... Wolves type performance, and that 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 those are the two options. I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping that with Romero back potentially, and with Basuma maintaining his his spot in the team, mm-hmm. that we'll be able to uh, weather the storm, if you will, and just sort of uh, hit them on the break, score early, potentially score often, and just dead the game in the first half. But that is mm-hmm. me being optimistic. Yeah, what do you what? Because you make a good point on on their press, but I saw a different performance against Arsenal. Against Arsenal, obviously they they will switch up their tactics depending on who they're playing, and I I imagine they will have seen how how much success some teams get when they press us high, even though it is quite high risk with the players that we have in behind. Um, do you feel like there's a there's a chance that they will just sit in like they did against Arsenal and just Try and soak. No, and no. Us. I think, I think that comes down to play style. I think Arsenal, Arsenal are very, very patient in build up. Liverpool are very much triangles, get the ball towards their forward line as often and quickly as possible, and they play a really up tempo game. So, if you press them and you cut out those, those that ability to sort of make passes off instinct, which is a thing that we try to do it becomes a lot more difficult for a team to build up. Arsenal Arsenal are going to maintain as much of the ball as possible. They're, they're trying to be what City are in that respect, just sort of lull you to sleep, hit you with little cutbacks, all of that shit. So I think sitting in against those teams is a little bit more sensible. Against us, I think everybody knows what the blueprint is. We've seen five games where teams have literally done the same exact shit, pretty much tried to press us. I've got a hit on the counter or managed to make make it a tough day for us. So I expect it to be more of the same. If Sanchez plays 
expect to see the whole left side of our uh, team just cut off. Yeah. Trying to get Sanchez on the ball, trying to nick it from him and try to hit us with Mitrovic on the back stick. That 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 will be their game plan if we allow it to be that. So we just have to be assured in possession. We need guys who showcase some press resistance and we need our front line to be clinical. And I do expect to see Richarlison come in for Sun. If he doesn't, then Sun has to bag. He has to bag at least two because yeah. there should be opportunities for him and he can't be so wasteful. Therefore, I think we, we, we actually owe... We owe Fulham one as well because the last time they were in this league, they they got a point against us. Uh, to be fair, they actually played better in the second half, but we had a lot of we had a couple of chances in the first half. We wasted those chances and we ended up uh, drawing the game. But uh, Yao, I'm going to come to you on this as well. Um, what are your score predictions for the game? And similar question to to Sia, what are your expectations on the ebb and flow of this match like when you look at when you look at the opposition we're playing like what's the obvious threats and how do we counteract those threats uh the obvious threats is definitely going to be their press and um the back uh, back thick ball into uh mitrovic in fact any cross into mitrovic is going to be very very difficult to deal with um i think we we've got to be confident and beat their press um, I think we've got enough quality to beat them. Whether we've got enough quality at the back to stop them from scoring is another question. I, I think the f- final result could be anything similar to Southampton, where it could be 3 or 4-1, um, or similar to the West Ham game, where it could be a score draw, maybe a 2-2, because I, I do think uh, Fulham have goals in them. Fair, fair. Um, Sai. Score, what are you going for? I feel like we, we, we need we need a result, a big result, a free one. A free one at home against Fulham should be doable. Fair, fair. Especially going into the Champions League week. Like yeah. We need to go into that buoyant. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I echo um, pretty much your thoughts and and Yao's. I initially said I've said two on all week. I feel like there's going to be more goals in it for us, um, but I don't know. I, I can't see. I can't see us keeping a clean sheet, which is annoying. But to be honest, just win. Uh, two one, three one, one or four one, just win. Get get back to winning ways and 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 keep it stepping. For, for Champions League football. That's that's what I'm going for. Um, I want to put you guys on the spot. If Richarlison starts tomorrow, is he bagging? Yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah. Fair play. I think so too. I think if he starts, he scores. Um, but I think that's it for us, guys. Um, obviously, I think tickets are sold out now. But in, for those who are still listening... Um, we've got the Touchline um, live show this Sunday. If you got your tickets, um, you'll definitely be seeing some of the new Spurs or the lads. You'll be seeing uh, myself, Kevin Yash. Uh, you'll be seeing, uh, I can't remember, does, what does Dave call himself? Don Antonio, I can't even remember. Yeah, he's, he's Eric Bischoff, man. He's... Eric Bischoff. <laughs> <laughs> Eric he's, Bischoff. Not, he's not getting some random, random name. His name is yeah. Eric now man and i forgot tops is i forgot tops is tops is booker t booker t yes 
Yeah, we see you'll be seeing us for and the rest of the touchline community there as well. Hopefully, we'll be linking up to feast on the blood of our enemies after a good win um, against Fulham. But yeah, for those who aren't going to be there, listen out to the pod that's going to be released the following day. But um, yeah, just keep doing all that good stuff, following us on all the socials, touchline fracker on Twitter, new Spurs order on Twitter. One word each. Um, follow us on Instagram again, Touchline Frackers, uh, New Spurs Order. Yeah, just keep doing all of that stuff. And yeah, we'll be back soon, hopefully, to discuss Spurs beating Fulham and Spurs beating Marseille. Um, but until then, take care and peace. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Aurier! Sports Social Podcast Network.